Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.10 p.m. Central Time. Who shows? Who says? What counts? Northwestern's Block Museum shows off its new collection acquired by students. Arts and Entertainment reporter Connor Casario has a story. In celebration of its 40th anniversary on campus, Northwestern's Block Museum of Art is presenting an exhibition called Who Shows? Who Says? What Counts? Who Says, Who Shows, What Counts is an exhibition that challenges us to question how we think about the past. That was Essie Ronker, Associate Curator of Collections at the Block Museum. Ronker and Kate Hadley-Toffness, Senior Advancement Manager for the Block's Grants and Collection Council, curated the exhibition. The title, Who Shows, Who Says, What Counts, comes from a work in the Block's collection by artist Louise Lawler, considering barriers to entry in the art world. Most of the pieces in the exhibition, though, were collected during a recent acquisition drive. This is an exhibition for our 40th anniversary of our recent acquisitions. Ronker and Toffness divided the exhibition into four sections, Institutions Critique, Critical Portraits, Place and Memory, and Reframing the Past. We, we had these thematic groups that we wanted to bring together. We wanted to think about portraiture as a genre and how artists have used that as, as a way to think about history. And then perhaps the most capacious section is, is, is this one called Reframing the Past, in which we gathered artists who have, who have kind of recontextualized materials of the past or created perhaps alternative narratives of the past. One notable work in the Reframing the Past section is The Great Farce by Italian-American artist Federico Solmi, which uses 3D animation techniques to create a comically absurd, carnival-like farewell to colonialism. It's really garish. <laughs> Figures that are intentionally a little clumsy arrive in a new continent meeting natives. And then you have figures from all across history. You have pharaohs, you have Donald Trump, conquistadors. And it ends up in this big consumer party in a place that looks a lot like Times Square. Unlike most of the works in the exhibition, the Great Farce is a teaching item, a miniaturized version of a larger work, gifted to the Block Museum by the artist, Solmi. It's a teaching piece that of a work that's actually a very large installation, but the artist gave this as a gift, as something that we can bring out in classes and show. And that alludes to a broader purpose of the Block Museum. While the museum always features exhibitions such as Who Shows, Who Says, What Counts, its primary role is as a resource on campus. The Block Museum of Art is the academic art museum of Northwestern University. Our mission is to serve as a resource for teaching and research here. And a lot of what we think about is when we acquire work is how can this be useful in teaching? How can this serve the syllabus? Ronka highlighted the student cohorts program at the block as a specific opportunity that students should be aware of, noting that pieces on display in the exhibition were selected for acquisition by student cohorts. It's called Quarantine Blues. This is a selection by our student associates from 2021. It is a very large photograph by Leonard Suryajaya, a Chicago-based artist. The student cohort program is also not the only opportunity for students at the Block Museum. There are curatorial internships and visitor service roles as well, just to name a few. And if listeners would like to learn more about who shows, who says, what counts, Apart from visiting the museum, a brand new collection handbook is available for purchase. It's our first handbook in, I think, a very long time. To give you kind of an overview of the history of the collection, as well as our kind of ambitions for the future.
That was WNUR's Connor Casario at Northwestern's Block Museum. On to oddities for today. How do you get around campus? Moped, skateboard, bike, or by foot? By foot in the winter, definitely rough. Reporter Pazbaum learns how students get to class. Campus traverses almost a mile of Sheridan Road, not to mention the space on either side of the street. For students who live on one end of campus but have class on the other end, quick and easy transportation is vital. I talked to a few students about the best ways to get around campus to maximize sleep and convenience. We'll start with the most traditional mode of transportation, walking, with Tanji, a first-year Medill student who lives in the southwest area. Why did you get aside initially to walk around campus instead of getting a bike, scooter, or another vehicle? I was like, I already assumed I was going to walk when I arrived at school. And then I didn't realize how many people had bikes and scooters and other modes of transportation. So I was like, oh, that's cool, but I'm just still walking right now. How long is your average commute to class? My longest is five minutes. My shortest is two minutes. Uh, you mentioned you were thinking of buying a scooter. What or who inspired this? Uh, the stimulus check. That's really what inspired <laughs> it. Um, um, it seems like it would be a decent way to get around campus. Um, it seems fast, reliable, less effort than a bike, but I don't know how good it is in the winter. So Tunji likes walking around campus, but even he is considering changing his routine up. Next, I talked to Jarvis, a first-year McCormick student who also lives in the Southwest area. His vehicle of choice is a skateboard. Um, so what made you want to get a skateboard or over a bike or another mode of transportation? Um, I did not want to waste time locking up at my bike. Um, what do you think about this um, storage for skateboards around campus? Do you keep it in your classrooms, in your dorm? Um... They're, you know, mine's small enough to keep in my dorm, and I could also carry it into the classroom, no, you know, with no issues or anything. So, I, that's, like I said, that's one of the advantages of having a skateboard over a bike. And how long is your average commute to class? It takes no more than 10 minutes, usually. Oh, that's great. Um, what do you yeah, think about, about riding on campus and on Sheridan Road? Um, <laughs> I don't ride on Sheridan Road, or I, at least I try not to, because... Sheridan Road isn't really made for skateboards. It's more suitable for bikes because the bike lane is like really rough. You heard it here. If you want a fast way to get to class but don't want to lug around a bike, skateboards are the way to go. Just stay on Orrington instead of Sheridan. Lastly, I talked to someone about one of the most common vehicles, bikes. Alex is a first-year Medill student who lives on North Campus. So what made you want to, want to ride a bike over a skateboard or another mode of transportation around campus? So I cannot skateboard, and unlike a lot of more optimistic kids on campus, I knew I probably would not be able to learn how to. <laughs> so I just am in the area. Originally, I'm from about an hour south of here, and I had a bike already, so it was just easy and simplistic for me to bring that up to campus and use uh, it. How that. long is your average commute to class? I bike fast, <laughs> faster than normal, so I can make it from Bob McCullough to MFC, and um, McCormick, which is like very north, very south, in about five minutes, I'd say. I um, am aware, however, that that is just based on like the environment right now outside. And like once winter hits, I will not have that same privilege. So I'm just taking advantage of the short biking time now. That's impressive. Are you planning to still bike once it's all icy and snowy outside? 
You know, I heard about the Northwestern Ventura the other day from some of my friends, so I'm thinking of utilizing that. What do you think about the bike racks around campus? You know, I like them. I've heard a lot of stories of people's tires, etc., getting stolen. I have not had that experience, but I've seen a lot of bikes around where I end up um, locking my bike, having those like malfunctions on them. So that's not like the most positive <laughs> um, reinforcement for me to see every day. But um, overall, I haven't had any issues yet. And um, there's usually spaces available for me. So I do like Before that. letting my interviewees go, I had to ask about one of the most controversial modes of transportation on campus, the mopeds. One of the most common sights and sounds around campus and along Sheridan is the whirring of athletes on their mopeds. You know, love it or hate them, the mopeds are very accessible. I kind of wish I had one myself. However, I will not admit that anywhere outside of this interview. I think they should be driven as cars, which means they should be on the roads only. I wish I got one. For now, all we know is that there's a nopeds petition on change.org. The petition's goal is to, quote, get Northwestern to ban mopeds until the student-athletes have a winning record. Whatever your transportation mode of choice, I wish you a fast and easy commute along Sheridan. All right, I'm going to invite my uh, producer over here, Maria Jimena Aragon, because we just need to talk about getting around on campus because I just need to add the bad experiences oh I've gosh. had with the bicycles over the years. I am a senior, mm-hmm. and my I'm, I'm five foot two, and my dad bought, I lived in, um, Bob McCulloch first year, most of my classes were South Campus, and my dad said, all right, I'm going to be nice and get you a bike. Okay. He goes to Target, and he buys me a kid's bike. <laughs> okay? No. Although I am short, my weight is not for a kid's bike. Mm-hmm. So um, that didn't last too long. The brakes broke. The t- Like, everything just broke down. I remember, like, trying to pedal, and everything just detached. So that was that. And then, this was in the fall. Yeah, no, that was this was fresh for in fall. Okay. And then once the snow came, that was like that's it. Nothing else. That it is gone. And then and then here we go. Sophomore fall, I got a new bike. Mm-hmm. Also got it from Target. An adult bike this time. Um, I think it was like a preteen bike. Oh, so we're going ahead here. <laughs> we we are. Yeah, it was a nicer bike. Um, however, the first day of sophomore year, I was trying to get to my journalism class fun fact Mm -hmm. and um i this person just jumped out of nowhere in front of the arch and then i went up on the curb and then literally pretty much almost snapped the tire in half i brought it to the tire shop wheel and sprocket in evanston and he goes how 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 are are you not how are you not hurt (laughs) i said i i just want my bike fixed and fast forward now long story short my bike is currently broken um, oh. even though I've fixed the brakes multiple it's times, um, the front brake does not work. So, so I apologize in advance. So you but... use your legs to stop. Like, um, how, how are we stopping down Sheridan? Really rusty. F- <laughs> <laughs> so moral of the story is to not get a bike from Target is what I'm hearing. I think, I mean, listen, I love Target. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong, but, or, or maybe the moral of the story is just get a bike that's not a kid's bike. That makes sense. I don't know. I feel like that. How do you get around campus? I walk everywhere, but I really considered getting my ripstick. I have it back home in Florida. Yo, a ripstick! Imagine being the person like, the girl on campus with a ripstick. I think you should get a ripstick but or bring it here. But when winter comes around, I'm going to wipe out. Yeah, that's for true. For sure. That like, ice just, is going to get you. You know what? I... Not gonna risk it. Also, gonna mention because this this is a fun topic. You know, if you've re-downloaded what's the uh, Yik Yak? Yik Yak. Th- 
She is serious about the petition to abolish mopeds. Oh my god, they're that is a real thing. On Instagram, it's like insane right now. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right, well, if you see a moped, just um, don't hate, don't discriminate. You know, of course. just do your just thing buy. and don't buy a bike from Target. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go to break now, and when we come back, we have a quick weather update and uh, more news for you. All right, stay tuned. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because more than a thousand Americans develop Alzheimer's every day. At our website, you can learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. Air travel is a big part of making kids' wishes come true for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. More than half of all the wishes granted last year involved traveling. You can help children with life-threatening illnesses continue to go wherever their imagination takes them by donating your frequent flyer miles. To donate, please visit the Make-A-Wish Foundation's website at www.wish.org or call toll-free 1-800-722-9474. What's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News. It is 6.25 p.m. Central Time. A look at the weather for tonight. You can expect a low of 50 degrees and tomorrow a high of 70 with partly cloudy skies. And now a look at our news roundup. Saturday's football game between Northwestern and Rutgers proved Purple Pride was strong this homecoming weekend. The Cats beat the Scarlet Knights 21-7 after they took a hard hit from Nebraska two weeks ago. Another homecoming weekend highlight was Northwestern's Black House rededication on Friday after two years of renovation. Northwestern students shouldn't expect to see any frat parties on campus anytime soon. The Interfraternity Council voted Friday to extend its ban on all social and recruitment events associated with the council's 12-member fraternities to January 3rd. The initial three-week ban was implemented after some students reported being drugged at fraternity houses the first two weeks of school. And looking nationally, former Secretary of State Colin Powell died today from coronavirus complications. He was the first African-American to serve as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Secretary of State. He's most known for making his case for the U.S. going to war against Iraq in 2003. And that's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our brand new website, WNUR.news. Our producer today is Maria Jimena Aragon, and our reporters are Jungyung Kim, Connor Casario, and Paz Baum. From all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Angelina Campanile. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Same time, same place. Now, back to scheduled programming. Good night.